0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark Podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that has excellent moves on the court, dude, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon?
1: Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks, Cortland. <laughs> You're welcome. My moves are pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, they're excellent. So how you doing today, Brandon?
1: I'm doing all right. It's uh, it's getting colder here, which is good.
0: Oh, right. We're transitioning to spring, so what? You guys are going into fall now?
1: Yeah, we flip-flop.
0: Well, it doesn't really matter. Spring and fall are my favorite seasons, so... No, works out.
1: Half the year is your favorite, huh?
0: Yeah, I like it—not too hot, not too cold.
1: And then half the year's dog shit in both directions.
0: (laughs) I mean, I didn't say that, but hey, if you (laughs) if you want to add a little pizzazz, then yes.
1: Well, you know what? Winter here is like fall there. So, winter's cool, fall's cool, spring's all right, and summer's hell.
0: What's the low like? Seventy.
1: The low. It gets, like, 50-something in the night. Okay,
0: that's not bad. It's like camping weather. Yeah. So, earlier this week, do do your kids talk in their sleep at all? No. No? Sometimes my son will just, like, laugh in his sleep, and it's really weird.
1: (laughs) Just laugh, or is there words accompanying the laughter? Sometimes there's
0: words, yeah. So, earlier this week... He uh, got into our bed at like 4 o'clock in the morning, which isn't something that he normally does, but we were so tired. We were like, just get in, go back to sleep. So, you know, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning at this point. He's sleeping, and he just he just yells out, nuts, coconuts, and then he starts <laughs> laughing.
1: <laughs> I would, too.
0: And I was just like, he's sleeping still. What the hell's going on? <laughs>
1: just having a dope-ass coconut dream.
0: Apparently. He's been watching a lot of Spongebob lately, and I don't even know if they mention coconuts in that show, but... Probably. It's the only thing I could think of that he got it from. But I was just like... You know, I expected him to be awake or something, but no. His eyes were closed. He was sleeping the whole time. It was ridiculous. So that was my week. (laughs) Pretty great.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty nice highlight.
0: Yeah. It's May 1st. My niece's 22nd birthday is today. It's a great day. Nothing good happened in the news, as per usual, for 2020.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those boring, nothing-going-on-sort-of-years.
0: Yeah, right. I thought you were going to say week, because I was going to say, this episode is no different. (laughs) (laughs) It's the perfect episode for a perfectly boring week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about
1: this episode? I feel like we have to at some point.
0: It's the season finale for season four, so it's a milestone, and uh, this is what we got. <laughs>
1: Did you like this episode?
0: Well, Brandon and I just got done watching the Tale of Train Magic. I will answer this question first, Brandon. thought this episode was kind of boring.
1: So you didn't like it?
0: No. I feel like they could have changed it up a little bit, and it would have been more interesting. But what we got was kind of weird. I'm also not into model trains.
1: No. Trains are boring. Yeah, yeah. They're just like things you sit in. That's not very cool. Yes. Some people are way into trains. And sometimes I feel like I wish I was into trains. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's hard I to explain.
0: Like when the kid is sitting there playing with his trains, he's in the middle of that giant like landscape of model train tr- tracks and like scenery and stuff. I'm like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." But I I can't do that now cuz I'm way too old, I think. And now at that point it'd be weird. And also I would never buy my son that stuff because it looks expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all it really is is just something going around in the track and you watch it. So,
1: yeah. I mean, that's a train.
0: We we can get a track with cars that are a little more interactive where you push the button and it
1: or you can just get fucking hot wheel tracks and make loop-de-loops and all kinds of shit i ain't never seen a train do a loop-de-loop
0: that's so true yeah and honestly it's probably more fun so there's just like elements of the story that if it would have been changed a little bit i probably would have liked the story more it could have been a sam story honestly
1: yeah it was kind of warm and whimsical in a way that I haven't really seen much from this show.
0: Like the friendships from the kid?
1: I don't know. Just just the vibe. The vibe I was getting from the show. Except for a couple of scenes which were a little more intense. It was just kind of like warm and cozy and magical. Even as, you know, there was kind of insidious plots afoot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well... From my understanding, uh, I haven't like verified this, but this is allegedly DJ McHale's favorite episode.
1: Alright. He directed this one?
0: He did, yeah. I think he wrote it too. He likes trains, man. He's a trained kid. One of those weird boxcar children or whatever they call
1: <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah, right. Well, do you want to get into this episode? Yeah, let's talk it. Talk it
0: out. Our episode starts out with Gary and Betty Ann taking a seat on a log Kiki and Sam walk up behind them, and Sam's saying, He's not coming. Did he call you? And she points to Kiki and says, No. And she sits down next to Betty Ann. And then Kiki says, Last I hear, he was. And Betty Ann adds in, Maybe he's grounded again. And we see Tucker walk down a pathway, carrying logs, and he sets them down next to Gary, and he says, Maybe he chickened out on coming along. He is afraid of the dark.
1: Dude, you're afraid of phones. Shut up.
0: (laughs) He's also afraid of getting burned alive, so. How lame. And drowning.
1: <laughs> All those silly little phobias.
0: <laughs> we see Sam check her watch.
1: Sam is freaking the fuck out here.
0: Yeah, I didn't know. She really is pacing
1: this. back and forth. She's like, Oh my god. Oh my god, where is he? Rocking She's she's <laughs> crazy. What is going yeah. on here?
0: It makes it look like she is romantically interested in him. And like, did we miss an episode or something where they like smooched or something because I feel like just, like, a, an episode ago, she was, like, making fun of Gary and stuff with him, you
1: know? <laughs> I don't get what's going on. Uh, Gary, like, insulted her about the fact that she lost that sweater or whatever, so she's like, fuck you. <laughs> Franks, what's up?
0: That must be what it is.
1: <laughs> but seriously, everyone's late all the time, and no yeah. one, like, freaks out like this.
0: She's concerned that he's gotten eaten by wolves or something. It's ridiculous. It's
1: likely, though.
0: That's true. It is likely, yeah. So Sam picks up her bags and she starts walking to the other side of the campfire. And she stops because a light just shines in her face. (laughs) And we see Frank slowly walking up the pathway. He's got a flashlight shining at Sam and a boombox held up on his shoulders. And it's playing train noises.
1: (laughs) I think that's my favorite part of the episode. (laughs) It's all just like where did he get that?
0: <laughs> he probably recorded the just got. Now that's 12. what
1: I call train sounds coming out of his freaking boombox.
0: <laughs> it's pretty crazy. All the kids run up next to Sam to get a good look at the spectacle. <laughs> Frank walks up closer, saying, "Relax. Not everyone runs on the same schedule as you."
1: Well, it's the Midnight Society, Frank. Not the 118 in the morning society.
0: They really actually do run on the same schedule, considering they all meet at the same place at the like same
1: time. So That's the very definition of a schedule.
0: <sighs> Sam rolls her eyes, and Frank walks by the gathered kids. Sam sarcastically says, cute. And Gary gets all excited, saying, cool, we're going to hear a story about trains.
1: Does he like trains, too?
0: Well, you know what? This is the kind of magic Gary really
1: likes. <laughs> He likes trains, and he likes magic. I think Frank wrote the story for him. Ooh. You know, I think people do ship Frank and Gary. So, I mean, I could see it. They told the story together.
0: They got together outside of the Midnight Society and like plotted and planned a, a multi-part story. Yeah, I'm for it. I am too. <laughs> Frank takes a seat at the throne. The train sounds are still playing, and he says, oh yeah, but that's not all. And he turns off that boombox and says, My story is also about wanting something really bad. So bad it's all you think about. Nothing else matters. But when you're finally getting close to it, and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you gotta watch out because that light could be on the front of a big old train barreling straight at you. You might not have any place to run. (laughs) Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story The Tale of Train Magic
1: uh, his story has nothing to do with any of that.
0: Well, I think so too, but while I was reading that, I was kind of like, maybe he's talking about the conductor?
1: Yeah, I mean in the vaguest sense of the, the terms. Like, yeah, he wanted to be involved with trains and yeah. kind of gets offered, but he doesn't want it. Not that way. <laughs> no, he really doesn't. Like,
0: this kind of it describes the story of the conductor a little bit, like... You can't tell the teaser of the story with, like, this empathy and sympathy and stuff and it be about the villain of the story. <laughs> so, it can't be that.
1: Yeah. You did a bad job summarizing your story, Frank. <sighs> yeah, this one sucks.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, Frank.
1: Take your train sounds and get out of here. Yeah, choo-choo out of the fucking forest, Frank. <laughs> yeah, just chugga, 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 chugga. you like, choo-choo,
0: motherfuckers, I'm here. <laughs> Uh, oh. our episode starts and we're looking at this model train set in motion and we also get a voiceover right away from frank saying tim williamson loved trains and knew everything about them his dad was even a conductor and the camera pans up and we see tim and he's got a gorgeous bowl cut that just instantly reminded me of the kid from power ranger zeo who was yeah. the blue ranger that when he morphed he grew into an adult <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't the same kid, though, because, I mean, obviously I looked him up, but it reminded me of him. The kid yells out, Next stop, Waterloo Station. Waterloo Station
1: is next. And we get this cool
0: aerial shot of this kid in the middle of this huge model train set, and it looks pretty cool.
1: It is pretty huge.
0: Yeah, this kid just spends all of his time in his basement playing with
1: this model train. Yeah, that's like, you've got to dedicate a room to that kind of model train.
0: It's truly just, like, the perfect thing to have in the basement <laughs>
1: there's no other yeah, room that's that you what would basements that are in. made for model train fortresses exactly <laughs> he looks like a bond villain in the middle of his tiny city
0: <laughs> he's got like the conductor hat on and conductor
1: clothes dance he's a weird puppets kid. dance
0: <laughs> frank tells us that tim's father died And since then, Tim spent more and more time playing with his model trains in the cellar and hanging at the Central Station, where he can be around real trains, just like his dad. You know, him having a dead dad, it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with this story, does it?
1: Not really. I mean, it's just a little bit of tragic backstory for his character, but the parents don't fit into the story at all anyway.
0: Yeah, they don't even have a mom.
1: (laughs) No. She just doesn't exist.
0: The scene cuts, and now we're outside at night, and we're looking over some train tracks. We see some kids walking down them, and we hear them talking, and one kid says, I go all the way downtown to sign you up for Little League tryouts, and you don't even show. And at this point, I didn't know for sure if it was Timmy. It it ends up being Timmy. But he tells him that he had stuff to do, but the other kid yells, like what? Hang around the train station all day? Look, you better go tomorrow. Mom doesn't want you spending all your time down there. So I guess Tim has an older brother now.
1: Yeah, and a mother, apparently. Just news to (laughs) everyone.
0: Well, she never even shows up in this episode, so they don't really have a mother. The kids walk by a phone pole or something. There's an abandoned train car behind them, and Tim is still dressed up as a conductor. The older brother, whose name is Hank, by the way, I don't remember if they ever say that in the episode.
1: I didn't catch it until, like, three minutes before the end. Okay. And I thought, it was so nice of Frank... To start the story, literally the first words out of his mouth are the main character's name. And I thought, well, that's nice. And then this other character, we don't (laughs) find out their name until the very, very end.
0: Yeah, he's pretty essential to the story, too. And um, I'm very glad that now I look on IMDb to see what these characters' names are. Because I hate going through an episode being like, and then this random kid, you know, for 20 minutes. mm Mm-mm. His name's Hank. (laughs) And Hank, he seems to begrudgingly ask his little brother if he wants to go to the movies with him and the guys later. But Tim's all, Nah, I'm busy. And Hank gets pissed, saying, Yeah, right, watching little trains go around in a circle and Tim defends himself saying, So, I can do what I want. And he tries to walk by but Hank stops him saying, But you don't do anything. And take that cap off. It's too big. You look stupid.
1: It's pretty shitty. Like, would Hank be going at him so hard if Tim was doing a hobby that Hank thought was cool? It's just because uh, he doesn't give a shit about trains.
0: Yeah, you know, okay, I guess maybe the, the dad has some importance to the story, because Tim probably wouldn't be all into this stuff if his dad was still alive. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But even so, quit being a little shit to your little brother.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: If your dad passed away, you kind of got to stick together. You're all you guys got. You don't have a mom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hank snatches Tim's hat off his head and holds it up, so he can't grab it. And Tim's yelling about how Dad didn't look stupid in it. And Hank's like, "That's because he was a real conductor and not a little twerp like you." And he's all yelling, me. "Give it to me!" Give me! Give me! And the hat blows out of Hank's hand in the wind. And Tim's all, "Great, thanks." And he walks by his brother to go get his hat. It's really obvious that they just like used a, a string to yank the hat out of this kid's hand, though.
1: Well, what are you going to do? Just throw it? Come on.
0: No, you're going to sit there and you're going to have him hold it up and wait for wind. (laughs) DJ was like, all right, it's an especially windy day. We can finally get this last scene done.
1: (laughs) The actors are like five years older.
0: (laughs) We see the hat land on the train tracks and Tim walks from the bushes to go find it. And he sees it and he picks it up and there's a bunch of fog closing in around him. And then suddenly from behind him, a man says, hello, Tim. And Tim turns around, and we see this old dude just kind of standing there in a conductor uniform. And Tim asks who he is, and the old man says, Ray Lawson's the name. I'm the conductor on the 713. Passes every night, right here on track number one. You know the train? And Tim shakes his head, saying, I don't think so. And Ray's like, you'll learn. You know, I've had my eye on you. All right, creepy. Yeah, and that's your cue to run (laughs) away. Old guy in the woods. I see you on these tracks every night. And he yep. walks towards Run. Tim. <laughs> no, nah, he's hypnotized or whatever. He walks towards Tim and asks if he wants to be a train man. And Tim's like, "Uh, yeah, I guess. And Ray pulls out a watch. He looks at it and says, 713s due by real soon. And he holds up the watch and asks Tim if he, if he likes it. And we look at Tim, who was just staring at this guy. And Ray says, every conductor should have a watch.
1: It's a okay. real dude, isn't okay. it? Here, take it. Is Tim hypnotized right now? I feel like he gets hypnotized every time that watch gets pulled out. I didn't know if he was hypnotized. Well, I didn't know the watch had hypnotized powers until later, but I did notice that his face was just, like, blank and, like, mouth agape every time. Well, pretty much every time that he's shown, really. But I I just didn't know. I was like, man, this actor's got one face or... I guess maybe he's being hypnotized.
0: I think it's hypnotized. I don't know. They never mention it, so it's hard to say. But the watch is key because, like, even in the opening, Sam looked at her watch. So I think they were trying to drive it home really hard. So this guy offers up this watch to Tim. And he's like, then you can be a real conductor just like me. And Tim reaches out to grab it. But they're interrupted by Hank, who yells something in the distance. And then we see him walk through the pine trees. And we look over at Tim who's still got his hand outstretched to grab the watch from Ray, but Ray's disappeared, and Tim shakes his head like he's getting out of a trance. And Hank asks him what's keeping him, and Tim says that he was just talking to, um, and he looks around, and he says, Where'd he go? There is a conductor standing right here. And Hank looks around for a second and tells him, I take it back. The cap's not too big. It's too tight. And he puts the hat back on his brother's head, saying, It's cutting off his brain. (laughs) And Tim starts following his brother back the way they came, but stops and walks down the train tracks a little. A light shines, like, from a train, but Tim just turns around saying, hey, and chases after his brother. (laughs)
1: Alright, uh, excuse my ignorance on the subject, but what does a conductor do?
0: Uh, they, you know, drive the train forward.
1: (laughs) Alright, so they're the one at the steering wheel? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so the conductor's like the pilot. Yeah,
0: they like put the brakes on and stuff. I don't know. I don't know what else they do.
1: All right, fair enough.
0: I think we should take a second and check out these characters. What do you say?
1: Yeah, we've met almost everyone. <laughs> <laughs> While Tim
0: Williamson is played by Gregory Smith, who was in a lot of small roles as a kid, like playing sport in Harriet the Spy... Or Greg what are you talking Zuma about Girl, small roles? Century.
1: This kid was everywhere in the 90s.
0: You think so? Yeah. Well, I looked through his filmography, and I didn't really see anything worth noting, except for Harriet the Spy. Small <laughs> Soldiers? Oh, yeah, he was in that, yeah. I
1: forgot about that movie. Yeah, because that movie's shit, but he was in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> his career kind of picked up in, like, the 2010s, as he played 74 episodes of Ricky Blue, from 2010 to 2015 as Dove Epstein, which is a unfortunate last name to have. <laughs> and that is Gregory Smith. <laughs> the older brother, Hank, he's played by Jesse Moss, who is actually only two months older than Gregory Smith. Really? But he looks a lot older in this episode. Yeah, he does. And this guy's been in a lot of stuff, too. He did a lot of voices in those really weird Japanese animation movies that came to the U.S. in the mid-'90s. Like the weird Alice in Wonderland and the Hercules and the Little Red Riding Hood and Beauty and the Beast shit. You know what I'm talking about, right? They have like super yeah, shitty animation. Yes. Ugh, I hate those. He also played Jason Wise in Final Destination 3, Matt in The Uninvited, and it just seemed like he's either been in children's shows or horror stuff, which is kind of weird.
1: Yeah, it's a interesting... It's kind
0: of polar opposite Yeah. <laughs> of your career next we got ray lawson who's played by colin fox who has a really long filmography started in 1965 with a show called strange paradise most notably he voiced king harkinian in the legend of zelda tv series
1: yep that's his claim to fame yes it is he's the guy from tommy boy to me
0: was he in tommy boy
1: yeah he's the guy who he tries to sell brake pads to
0: oh yes He's also in some episodes of Goosebumps, Tales from the Crypt Keeper, and he does stuff even today, which is pretty awesome. because he's Yeah, like in his it's ages. crazy.
1: I was like, I clicked onto IMDb and I was like, oh, when did he die? And yeah,
0: me too. I was like, oh, this guy's dead. But no.
1: No, he's still in stuff getting in shit done.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Let's go back to the episode, though. We switch scenes and we see Tim struggling to carry a suitcase to a train or something. I didn't know what was going on here. Me either. Some dude yells at him to look alive, and Tim finally
1: makes it over to a guy who's just laughing He's at him. He's like, eight. what the hell? <laughs> yeah, He's this just is not the real It's like some, no. Like, there are labor laws. <laughs> Get this kid into school. <laughs> yeah. Just like, come on, Tim, bring me my giant suitcase that you clearly can't carry at all.
0: <laughs> and then he just laughs at him. <laughs> Tim explains that he didn't know which one to bring so he brought them all, but this is uh, there's only one. I don't I don't know. Unless it's just a suitcase of suitcases. I don't get it. The guy tells him his heart's in the right place and all we got to do is get his brain there too, which is really mean to tell a child.
1: Yeah, goddamn. <laughs> like, he just broke his spine stupid. for you, man.
0: Yeah. He opens up the suitcase that Tim brought him and Tim says, "Cap, you know those train tracks that go by my house?" And the guy's like, yeah, we all know the trains around here. And Tim says, well, is there a 713 that goes over them every night? And we look at this guy, Cap Anderson, played by Ray Aranha. Aranha? I don't know. Who, who hasn't been in a whole lot of stuff. And he says, not unless you believe in miracles. Those tracks haven't had a train since I was your age. All those highways and trucks. Oh, railroads just ain't what they used to be. I feel bad that I didn't really give this guy time to shine or whatever, but he really wasn't in that much stuff.
1: Would it really be a miracle to see that train? Um, hmm. It brings nothing but death and destruction. (laughs) What a miracle. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) we don't know that yet. So at this point, it would be a miracle. From the side, some old guy yells, Hey, Tim, and we cut to him. And he looks at his watch and he says, we got a roll. You calling it? And Tim looks at Cap, who motions for him to leave. <laughs> says,
1: go on. Father was never late. Don't you go start. Go
0: on. And he smiles and Tim walks away from him. Actually, we're going to grab a clip of that because when he tells him to go on, it's really, like, aggressive.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's kind of back and forth, this guy.
0: I think he might he's have like, dementia. Oh,
1: they're buddies. And then it's like, oh, he I wants you to out fuck, out of fuck off. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's, I think he's demented, actually. Tim walks towards that old dude. He stops. He turns around, and he calls out, Last call, 1145 to Springfield, Ainsfield, Wilson, Fall, all board." Is he getting paid for this? Of course he's not. <laughs> They're just humoring this child. <laughs> They're like, well, his dad died,
1: so I guess we gotta... I guess he can bring us our suitcases. <laughs>
0: We see the passengers get on the train, and then we cut over to Cap, who's still fixing something on the tracks. And then the train rolls away, and Tim acts like he did a good job. <laughs> I, um, Maybe it's the subway, so never mind. But, like, if somebody's on the tracks, I don't think you should just move the train, regardless of what direction you're going.
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm not a conductor. He can move.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so.
1: You just hit the, you know, hit the horn. You can go beep, beep. Let him know yeah. to get out of the way.
0: Well, we got to a house and Hank comes out with a baseball bat and a glove. And when I did my notes, I didn't realize that was Hank because, um, in the previous scene, it was dark and I thought it was a different kid, but it's Hank and Hank stops and he starts tying his shoe. And we see this foot walk up to him and Hank looks up and we see it's Ray from earlier. And he says, hello. And Hank stands up and he says, hi. And Ray then says that he's looking for the young conductor from the train station. He's like, I believe he lives here. And Hank's like, conductor? Oh, Tim, yeah. What do you want? (laughs) And Ray holds up a model train car saying, would you please give this to him? We hear some spooky music playing. And Hank takes the train car and just backs up staring at this dude who's smiling. And he opens up the door and he calls in saying, hey, Tim, there's some guy asking about ya. And then he looks over to Ray, but he's gone now. And Hank looks around for a few seconds, and then down at the train car. We look inside to see a bunch of model people in there. And then the scene switches to Tim holding the train car looking in it.
1: Okay, so um, Ray's a ghost. Yes. That's, that's not really a spoiler. He keeps disappearing as ghosts do. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised to see him show up to Hank. Me too. And this is just another case where... The ghosts are seemingly able to just wander around wherever. Like I thought, maybe he would be stuck at that area of the train tracks, but nah. He can just appear in backyards he and give he presents, and yeah. So I just don't understand it. Like, just stop being a ghost. Just watch TV.
0: It's um, it just doesn't make sense to me. This guy can do what. The part that really doesn't make sense to me, too, is that this is broad daylight. It's. Yeah. Tim, or Hank is about to go out and play some baseball. And it's like. Does he come out at night on the train tracks? Or does he come out whenever he fucking wants? I get that they live near the train it tracks. It seems but like still. he
1: can just go wherever, whenever. Just like travel the world, man.
0: <laughs> travel all See the See some train cool sights.
1: Check out the Taj Mahal. So Tim, he's still
0: got his conductor hat on, and he sets the train down on the track in the basement where he's playing with his trains, and he starts playing with his gigantic model train set. The train goes around once, and then we hear the train choo-chooing, and we see this old-fashioned lamp and rotary phone start shaking on his table. And the train makes another lap, and then we see this big light coming from outside the window from behind Tim, I think. I'm pretty sure it's a window. And then his shit just starts shaking a whole bunch more in his basement. And Tim turns around as this light from behind him just like eats him up. That light cuts into a lamp's light. And the camera pans down and now it looks like we're inside of a train car. And Tim is standing in the aisle looking around. And we see a few passengers. And he backs up and two passengers pop up from their seats. And they're gasping at Tim saying, A new passenger! We have a new passenger! And some dude walks up to Tim asking if he's played poker and that he doesn't know how long it's been since he's been waiting for a new person to play with. And he creepily looks down at the girl who spotted Tim first and says, But where's his ticket? From behind the poker guy is a dude in a uniform who says, You can't ride a train without a ticket. Don't you know that? Tim's like, I don't have a ticket. And then from behind all four of those people walks Ray, who says, Tim's a conductor. Conductor doesn't need a ticket. Hello, Tim. Glad to have you aboard. But right on time, too. First time I saw you, I knew you'd make a great conductor.
1: You know, while he's watching you every night. Yeah, right.
0: Tim screams, what's going on? Who are you people? And Ray says, oh, you'll get used to these fine folks. And the folks all get closer to Tim. Ray's (laughs) saying, you'll have to. They're your responsibility now. And Tim's all, what? And Ray (laughs) holds up that watch again, saying, here's your watch. And he dangles the watch in front of Tim, saying, conductor's got to have a watch. This kind of puts Tim in a daze again, and he starts to reach for the watch, but he shakes his head out of it, and he looks over to see a pulley for an emergency stop. So he looks at Ray for a second, then he runs away, and Ray yells after him, asking what he's going to be doing. He's like, don't touch that, and Tim pulls the stop, everyone falls over, and then we cut to Tim falling to the ground in the basement. He gets up, and he slowly looks over at his train set, and we see the train car has derailed, and it's all smoky.
1: Gotta be careful with them toys.
0: Yeah, they're dangerous stuff.
1: They'll blow up.
0: So, just a side note, um, before I get into something else, the lady in the car, her name is apparently Parasol Lady, um, she's played by Susan Glover, who we last saw as Olga from The Tale of the 13th Floor.
1: Oh, okay. That's cool. She's
0: also, of course, a voice in Arthur, and she plays voices yeah. in Assassin's Creed.
1: And but was she in Magic School Bus?
0: No, but she was in Samurai Pizza Cats. Which looks amazing, by the way. I looked up the, the littlest intros.
1: hobo, perhaps? No.
0: Olga's not a littlest hobo. Damn. I know.
1: You know what? I like I like the episodes that have just old timey ghosts.
0: Yeah, me too. I like that. I liked that and I liked it in Whispering Walls. That was cool. hmm They're probably my favorite part of the episode, and unfortunately the ghosts in this episode don't do As much as the ones in Whispering Walls. And they didn't do very much, so
1: Or um hold on. What's the one with the dead girlfriend?
0: Oh, uh Dream Girl.
1: Yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite episodes.
0: Everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your trained conductor. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Whether you're new to the show or a longtime fan, Brandon and I appreciate every listen. We're less than a week away from announcing the winner of our Are You Afraid of the Dark Season 4 giveaway, so enter in while you can. Head over to our Twitter at PRVT Island and find our pinned post for the giveaway. Give it a like, a retweet, and comment, and you're entered in to win. While there, you can give us a follow too. For your second entry, go to our Instagram page, at Private Island Presents, and find our post about the giveaway. From there, give us a like and comment and you're in. We have a ton of handcrafted Are You Afraid of the Dark content for you to enjoy, so be sure to give us a follow and check out our videos, gifts, memes, and more. All of our patrons will be automatically entered in to win for a total of three different entries. To support the show and get that third entry, visit Patreon.com privateisland Private Island and become a patron today. You'll get instant access to bonus episodes, early release episodes, and more. Everything earned from the Patreon will go right back into the show for things like upgraded audio equipment, editing tools, purchasing stickers, and so much more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, and the Bronze Beths, Angela and Shane. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. The giveaway officially ends on Monday, May 25th and the winner will be announced in our Season 4 Wrap Up episode and on our social medias on May 26th. So good luck! For a quick link to all of our socials, the Patreon, YouTube channel, and more, check out our episode description. We've been doing a lot of live streaming on our Instagram of full-length episodes every Monday as well as periodically through the week, so be sure to give us a follow and check our stories so you know when we'll be live! It's a lot of fun laughing through the episodes, so join in on the conversations! Speaking of live streaming, I do occasionally live stream my editing of the show, as well as play a video game here or there on our Twitch account. That's twitch.tv slash privateislandsea. Give us a follow and come chat with me while I'm editing. For a quick way to help our show grow, give us a 5-star review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Giving us a shout-out on social media or recommending our show to a friend would also be amazing. Word of mouth is so huge for podcasters. I know a lot of the shows that I listen to were recommended to me from family, friends, and of course random people on the internet. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the art. He's been working on our Season 5 art now and it looks awesome. I cannot wait to show everyone. Now I'd like to play the promo for the Fat, Drunk, and Stupid podcast. Hey folks, Rob here from Fat, Drunk, and Stupid. And what is that, you ask? Well, aside from three words that describe my life, it's a podcast. We talk about food, fun, fellowship, movies, books, video games, pop culture, and much more. Also, some very interesting guests and some awesome stories. And of course, some cold beers along the way, too. So look us up on Twitter at FDS Podcast 7. And look for Fat, Drunk, and
1: Stupid wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you again, everyone, for listening to our show. I hope you have an awesome week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Okay, okay. I'm going to get into spoilers a little bit, if that's okay. Okay. You know what? I was a little confused as to where this episode was going at this point, but you you can kind of tell that it's like, oh, he's got to stop the train, you know? Yeah. But he just stopped the train. He pulled the, the pulley and it stopped the train, right? Right. So, why isn't But this it crashed. The curse of the train. Did it? Well, I guess it did, didn't it?
1: I don't know why it crashed. It should have just stopped.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, that's why it showed the train derailed. Brakes, d- okay.
1: <laughs> Brakes don't flip you over, right?
0: I mean, you gotta pull the lever.
1: <laughs> I, I could fill a book with the things I don't know about trains.
0: But, like... It stopped. I mean, that looks like it would have been like a worse or a a, a simpler crash than what happens in the stories. So I don't. Yeah.
1: He did it. He fixed everything. Ray should be thanking him. <sighs> yeah, we'll talk about that. And a he's just too. like, a, oh, now we can live in this toy in peace for all time. Ugh.
0: We cut to commercial and back from it. We're zoomed in on this old dude who calls all aboard, and then he walks away. <laughs> And from behind him walks Tim and Cap, and Tim's telling Cap all about what happened to him in typical little kid fashion. He's talking fast, and Cap's all, whoa, 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 come up for air. You all right? And Tim says that he thinks so. At first, I thought I was dreaming, but and Cap interrupts saying, maybe you were. He sits down on a bench looking at Tim as Tim explains that it wasn't and that it really happened, and Cap laughs a little at this poor kid <laughs> who's had this traumatic experience and his dad died. And he asks, what happened? And Cap tells him, it could have been nothing, or it could have been your imagination. But maybe it could have been train magic.
1: (laughs) That's the stupidest thing I ever heard.
0: (laughs) Tim asks, what train magic is? And Cap's like, it depends on how you see it, Timothy. See, most people look at trains, and they don't see nothing but big old machines. Train's got Mm -hmm, more than that. mm -hmm. Train's got its own language. The sound of wheel on metal, the sharp whistle, the pure song of the bell you see, that's train speaking. You know how to listen.
1: See, I wish I could be into anything as much as that guy's into trains.
0: Train's are dope. Okay, Brandon, if you're not into trains, why
1: am I doing this podcast with you?
0: This is now a train podcast.
1: They're not, though. They're just big metal machines.
0: Well, that's because you're not hearing the sweet, delicious song of the...
1: I know. I can't hear their sweet, sweet song.
0: This whole time, Tim's just looking at him like, "Uh uh-huh. And there's a bell of a train going off. And once he's done talking this nonsense, they watch a train depart. And then the scene changes.
1: Just being like, well, it could have been a dream. Or I suppose it could have been train magic. <laughs> like, those are the two <laughs> options.
0: It was either nothing or train magic. <laughs> <laughs> Gary must be real into this shit, by the way. Yeah. This is, honestly, He's, this is This episode kind of
1: is made Gary. for it's, him.
0: It's just a love song to Gary. Now we're looking at Cap's hand, and he's got a watch on a chain in his hand, and he says, nothing has more train magic than a conductor's watch, because a railroad depends on time. Without time, nothing on the line works right. And he snaps that watch closed, and he puts it in his pocket. And Tim tells Cap that Ray Lawson wanted him to take his watch. And Cap's like, Ray Lawson? Where'd you come up with that name? And he walks away from Tim, and Tim sits up saying, well, that's the name of the conductor on the train. And he walks over to Cap, who's at his desk, and he picks up an old black and white picture of a guy standing in front of a train. Mm-hmm, and Tim looks mm-hmm. at it and says, that's him. That's the conductor.
1: Yeah. He's got a framed photo of a decades-old conductor just sitting on his desk.
0: <laughs> Who is he? Do you know him? Yeah. This is a guy that died 80 years ago, and he just has a framed photo of him and
1: and that photo's blurry as hell. You couldn't look at it and be like, that's him.
0: Yes. Aside from my shit quality video that I watched of it, yeah, it was blurry. <laughs> oh, my God. Cat puts the picture back saying, I know of him. The old days before radios. Do you know how conductors got their messages? Listen in on this, Brandon. This is primo train magic talk.
1: All right, I'm going to learn something.
0: Yeah, Tim shakes his head saying, no. And Cap says, station operators left them on poles on the side of the tracks. Conductors had to reach out their hand and grab it as the train went by. And Tim says, pretty ancient. And Cap laughs a little saying, I suppose so. No, Cap, that is really fucking ancient. Maybe there was a story I always heard from the old timers. About a night, they were working on some tracks not too far from here. So they put out a message to the conductor at 713 to change tracks. See, that's how it worked back then. The train had to stop, and the conductor had to get out and change the switch himself.
1: hey anyway. Hold on, hold on. Had to okay. get out and change. All right, go ahead.
0: Anyway, this conductor got sent a message to change over the switch at 2.24. And Cap takes a drink, and Tim asks, What happened? And Cap tells him he forgot to check his watch, and he fell asleep. He never got the message. He never changed the switch, and the train crashed, and a lot of people died. Including the conductor, (laughs) Ray Lawson. Tim's all, but I saw him. And Cap goes on with the story a little more than he probably should, since his audience is like a nine-year-old kid. He says they pulled his body out of the wreck and he still had the watch in his hand. The lid hadn't even been opened.
1: Well, his mangled, bloated corpse was sitting in a pile of wreckage and... They brushed the guts out of the way, and...
0: His body was intertwined with all the other passengers. It was one <laughs> giant corpse.
1: There were teeth everywhere.
0: <laughs> Completely indistinguishable.
1: Yeah, I got a picture of that framed on my desk, too.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Tim yells out, Cap, that's Switch two twenty four. 24
1: That's on the tracks by my house.
0: That train crashed through my house, didn't it? The train crashed into their house, Brandon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that happens.
0: I I guess so.
1: (laughs) If you fall asleep at the wheel, you crash into houses. Oh man,
0: this is probably my favorite part though. Cap gets all pissed off at Tim for some reason. Oh,
1: it—he switches like instantly.
0: It's ridiculous. He starts ushering him out of the way, saying. It ain't not your kid, your age hanging around all the other time. Now go on, play baseball or video thing thinging the jigs, whatever kid your age do. not go, go on. We're friends. Get going. Go on. Tim's like, but Cap, we're friends, and Cap chases him away, like he's gonna. I have him up no friends. Get out of here. It's really weird. <laughs> no such thing
1: as trains. <laughs>
0: he yells stay away from trains you hear me and he walks back into his room he shakes his head and then he looks at his watch and cap grabs his cap on the wall and then the scene fades it's ridiculous though he just told this kid all this like willingly he's like oh seriously my i don't magic. like come with me did
1: cap just suddenly like piece together what was going on and was like oh fuck it's like he knew the whole time <laughs> i don't know this is just so weird Like, you could argue
0: that he's being mean to the kids so that it protects him from, like, not going and seeing the conductor again or whatever, but, like, he said the train, he said Ray Lawson, you could have just been like, that's weird, don't talk to that guy, not tell you everything and then get pissed about it. That doesn't make any sense. Well now we're back outside. It's dark out and Cap's near a train and we hear a train break in the distance or something. Cap looks over his shoulder and then he continues walking and the camera looks back at this door to a train car and we see Tim's there and he's sneaking around. He's following Cap. He's basically Metal Gear Solid. (laughs) We cut over to the train tracks and we see Switch 224 and Cap walks by it. He looks at it for a while and then we hear a noise and then we look over on the tracks and Ray appears and Cap looks at him saying, Ray Lawson. Ray walks towards him saying, you must be Cap, which is weird that he would know that. but
1: Yeah, very. Whatever. But he watches everyone all the time, so not that weird.
0: <laughs> he just can do whatever he wants whenever he wants. And Cap's all, you know who I am? Leave the boy alone. Get on your ghost train and go. And we see, we see Tim silently walk up and hide behind a barrel. And then we cut over to Ray, who says, can't do that. Then the train starts choo-chooing, and a light gets shined in Cap's a face. And we look over to the tracks, and now there's this train sitting there. Stopped. So it can stop, and it is stopped right now. So episode over, right?
1: Yeah, problem solved. Switch the
0: tracks, boom, we're done?
1: I don't know. Yeah, let's go play baseball.
0: Ray walks over to it, holding up his watch. And he says, got to keep to a schedule. And Cap yells out, I told you to leave the boy. But he stops, and he seems to get hypnotized by Ray's watch. And then Ray says, time oh. to board,
1: Cap. Oh my god. I thought this showdown was really cool. Like I was like, oh man, this is going to be so cool. And then Ray just like, he barely even lifts that watch. And Cap just turns into a zombie.
0: Yeah. He's like, I don't need any more passengers but you can help bring me a new conductor. (laughs) Ray laughs a few times. He calls all aboard. And then laughs some more. And Cap he's like hypnotized. He walks over to the train followed by Ray and Tim yells out cap. No, no, don't do it from behind the barrel. The train moves down the track and then disappears in a kind of cool effect. And Tim's in the shot the whole time.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Tim
0: gets up from behind the barrel and runs away. I liked it. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It reminded me of like those time-lapse pictures kind of. Now we're back in Tim's basement and we're looking in the train that Ray gave him from earlier and, but this time there's a new, older, black gentleman passenger. <laughs> and it looks a lot like Cap.
1: Alright, forgive my ignorance again. Sure. Do model trains have fully modeled interiors with passengers and stuff? Maybe the good ones do. That would be cool. Oh, God. I think I'm gonna get into model trains. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking episode. Next
0: week you're gonna have, like, a a train model train surrounding <sighs> next you.
1: week when you ask me how my week was I'm finally gonna have something to say <laughs> yeah, right. I'm gonna be like I cleared out all my kids rooms it's now just train tracks going from room to room they're sleeping in the shed
0: <laughs> they don't have a college fund <laughs> I drained all of my money into buying model trains <laughs> I don't go to work anymore <laughs> just play with
1: my train I'm tracks. a conductor. That is my job.
0: Oh, man.
1: It's train magic, bro.
0: It's the kind of train magic that Brandon likes.
1: <laughs> it's train
0: magic, you know. Tim's holding that train car up, looking at it when Hank comes down the stairs from behind him. He runs up to his brother and says, Zeebo's
1: big just in this quarter. Fucking
0: yes! <laughs> I know.
1: I'm finally going to get to see it.
0: Yeah, now we got a Zebra reference in all four seasons so far, so that's pretty awesome.
1: If I was Betty Ann, I'd be like, stop fucking using my character.
0: (laughs) He runs over to the TV to start playing this awesome game, but looks over at Tim again, who's still looking in the train, and Hank tosses the game to the couch, and he walks over to Tim saying, Hey, hey, yo. I know, that's what I thought. You're getting real close to the deep end there, bro. And Jim just stares at him and says, Cap. And Hank asks, what about him? Tim hands Hank the model car, telling him to look. And Hank takes one look at it and says, yeah, cute, so what? And Tim gets all frantic, saying, look, that's him in the train. So Hank takes a closer look, and he giggles, saying, hey, look, you're right. Funny, last time I saw him, he was a little bigger. Hey, Cap. Still hanging with my screwy little brother? Their dad died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tim gets pissed. He grabs that shit from Hank, and he walks off saying, this isn't a joke. Hank follows him saying, yeah, the only joke here is you, you little. And the kids look over at Tim's train set, and it comes to life, and the train moves by itself around the track. Hank asks how he did that, and Tim's like, I didn't. Hank asks him, who did? And the kids look over at the train more, and Tim spits out, train magic. Train magic.
1: Yeah, that's a thing you can just say.
0: Well, and Hank looks at him. So, train magic is both real big trains and also any model trains,
1: too? It's just anything train-like. Wow. Do you think wizards train in train magic? I mean, it's the most powerful kind, so yes.
0: (laughs) The kids look at the clock on the wall that just starts spinning around on its own until it stops at 7.13. And Tim's all, the 7.13 just left the station. Hank asks what's going on, and Tim tells him, Hank, I know you think I'm crazy, and maybe I am, but you gotta help me. And Hank, of course, tells him no, that's that he's beyond help, and that he's a lame wad. But Tim screams, I mean it! If we don't do something, Cap's gonna die, and who knows what's gonna happen to me. And Hank tells him, will you listen to yourself? You're cracking up. You gotta go get out of this basement. Dad is gone, Tim. This isn't gonna bring him back. And Hank sighs and says, "Look, I'm just worried about you." And Tim, of course, looks at the train tracks, then back at his brother, and says, "If you're really worried about me, you'll help me." Hank sighs again, saying, "You're serious?" And Tim pleads one more time with him, and Hank agrees, asking, "What do you want me to do?" And Tim looks again at the clock, and then the scene switches.
1: Gotta give him credit; he he pulls through for his brother. Yeah, he could just stay home playing Zebos Big House, but he you know, has to go out in the middle of the woods at night to humor his little brother.
0: I'm just imagining like, your little brother doing this to you and you just being like,
1: no. Yeah, fuck that. (laughs) What? I can't hear you over (laughs) Zeebo. As he's being abducted by a ghost train. (laughs) Ah, Sorry, bro.
0: Well, you didn't know. (laughs) It's not your fault.
1: (laughs) I mean, he tried to tell me, but
0: there was train magic, so yeah. yeah.
1: Train magic works in mysterious ways.
0: We're now back outside again at that switch. It's still dark out and Hank walks into the train track saying, I don't know who's crazy or him or me. There hasn't been a train here in 50
1: years. Probably the one talking to themselves. I agree. We cut over
0: to Tim who's in his basement still playing with his model train set and he's turning it on back with Hank. He's still talking to himself saying,
1: I'm telling you, We gotta put him away. He needs professional
0: help. Switching back to Tim, the room starts shaking and the light from behind him gets closer and closer. And we watch the train go around the track a few times. And finally, the the choo-choo happens and boom, he's in the car again.
1: It's just Frank with the boombox.
0: Inside, the lady yells out, he's back. And she wakes up this kid and he's saying, the boy's back. And Tim yells out for Cap. And Gambler guy's like, about time he came back. I'm getting fed up with playing solitaire and the worker gets all grumpy saying he has his ticket this time i assume
1: he doesn't need his ticket
0: yeah i didn't understand what he was why he was so upset about it like he doesn't need a stupid ticket but he does walk away and then from behind him we see cap so tim runs up to him and the girl says well of course he has his ticket tim calls out to cap a few times but he doesn't respond so tim tries shaking him to wake him up even though he is awake Back with Hank, he's fiddling with the switch to change the tracks, when he hears the train whistle, and he's all, No way. Now this episode has a whole lot of switching back and forth, so I'm just going to apologize now, because it's it's a lot. And when it switches to Hank, he is almost always just doing the same thing. We switch back over to Tim in the train. He looks over at the emergency like stop pulley, he runs up to grab it, but it doesn't do anything this time. From behind him and down the aisle, we see and hear Ray, who tells Tim he disconnected the brakes.
1: Yeah, okay, I can see how this train crashed.
0: Uh, Yeah, right? But also, going back to it, if he pulled the brakes the first time, then this episode is done. This doesn't make any sense to me. No. He had, like, the, the time and energy to cut the brakes this time? I don't get it.
1: This train is both a toy train in a house, but also a real ghost train on the actual track yeah at the same time or does the toy train not exist in these moments is tim a toy on that toy train right now but also inside the train on the tracks with hank
0: it's hard to say because they don't ever show the toy track again so i don't know i would say that he's in the real train that's coming down the tracks by hank I don't well, know. the
1: real ghost train.
0: Yeah. Tim sits down and we cut back to Hank, who stops. He looks behind him and he sees a train coming down the tracks. And he yells out, Holy! And starts aggressively trying to operate the switch to change the tracks. That train is going so slow, though. Even if it did barrel out of control and hit their house, it wouldn't even do any damage. <laughs> it would just <laughs> bounce like back. Half a mile an hour. <laughs> just bounced to a stop. <laughs> back inside the train ray's all you guys didn't think i'd make the same mistake twice and he starts walking down the aisle telling the people to get out of his way and to sit down and that annoying worker guy's all like he doesn't have a ticket and ray tells him tim doesn't need a ticket he takes off his little conductor hat and he throws it, saying you won't be needing that anymore and he walks over to Tim, saying you love trains don't you well now you're gonna get one all your own and he pulls out his watch saying just a few more seconds 713 crashed 80 years ago And it's been doing it ever since, right on time. And he laughs some more, and we cut over to Hank trying to operate that switch some more again. Back inside, Ray says, I made one mistake. I've been trapped ever since. It doesn't matter, because this time I'll be gone. Back with Hank, he struggles some more. Back inside, Ray lifts up the watch and says, here you are, my boy. Train's got to have a conductor. A conductor's got to have a watch. And he puts that watch right up to Tim's face. And Tim finally grabs it. And the camera pans out, and Ray says, Finally, take good care of my, excuse me, your train. And he giggles, and he starts walking away.
1: Is this when he has the tiny conductor uniform?
0: Oh, do you think his little model and his toy car switched? Probably. Like the hat just poofs off his head, and then the watch goes into a different kid's hand, and it's weird. We cut back to Hank again. He's still struggling with the switch on the rails. Back inside, Timmy snaps out of it as Cap says, It's train magic, Timothy, the most powerful kind.
1: (laughs) That is hilarious to me. Yeah. In a universe where magic is just real, the most powerful kind is from trains? Really? (laughs)
0: This it's all cut back and forth between like the train going down the tracks and stuff. And Tim stands up and says, Ray Lawson and Ray, who's made his way down the aisle a little bit stops. He turns around and and Tim says, this is not my train back outside. Hank is still struggling (laughs) back inside. Tim holds up the watch and says, we're getting off. And he drops the watch to the ground and Ray asks what he's doing back outside. The train is getting really close to barreling into Tim's house back inside. Tim stomps on the watch, and Ray runs over to him yelling, no! Back outside, Hank finally manages to switch the tracks just in time. The train choo-choo's right by him. Hank falls to the ground all huffing and puffing, and we hear Tim yell, hey! And Hank looks over, and we see Tim with Cap standing near the train tracks. And Hank gets up, and he looks over to them, asking, what was that? Tim tells them it was the 713. You switched it to track two like the conductor was supposed to do 80 years ago. And we see Cap look behind them as Hank asks, what conductor? Cap tells the kids that one. And they take some steps away, and we see Ray down the train tracks a little ways, holding a lantern. And they all look over at him. And Cap says, he doesn't have a train anymore. He has no watch. He has nothing but these old tracks in the night. Tim says, train magic. Then Cap tells the boys to go on home, and he walks away, and Tim stops saying, Cap, I don't think I'm going to be coming around to the station for a while. Cap tells him, that's good, and maybe he'll he stop. He doesn't want you around. some baseball.
1: Oh, watch him play Zebos big house. Oh, I want to see a speed run of Zebos big house.
0: <laughs> Tim walks back over to Hank, and Hank asks him what the fuck just happened. Tim takes off his conductor hat saying, I think I just got rid of a couple of ghosts. And the kids walk away, and we see Ray walking down the tracks, which fades into Frank holding up the light. Back at the Midnight Society, we see Betty Ann, Kiki, and Sam huddled next to each other, listening intently. And Frank says, So, Tim learned about two kinds of magic. Train magic, and the kind of magic that happens between brothers. And we see Gary and Tucker, they look at each other, they smile. And Frank says, And friends. And Sam, Kiki, and Betty Ann look at each other, and they smile. And Frank turns on the train noises again. Gary gets up and declares the meeting over as the girls tell Frank it was a good story. They all stand up, Tucker pats Frank on the chest for some reason, and the kids all walk down the path. And that's the end of train magic and the end of season four. You know, I got to say, Brandon. Yeah. Like I said, when we first started this, this could have easily been a Sam episode. And it could have easily been a lot better. If the train conductor would have been Tim's dad and Tim stopping their train from mm. crashing brought his dad back. That would have been a a much better story in my opinion.
1: Or maybe his dad was a villain and he had to come to terms with that. Maybe his dad fell asleep and he had to make up for the mistake.
0: Maybe, but wouldn't it have been a much better story if Tim saved his dad and all the people he killed?
1: Yeah, I mean it would have been a happier story.
0: (sighs) This 80 year old train crash has nothing to do with Tim. It's all just because the train crashed into his house, I guess?
1: He kind of solves this problem but it was like a problem that didn't exist before he didn't have to worry about
0: yeah so he stopped the train from crashing does that mean those people survived so does that conductor get to do what he wants does the lady with the parasol they all just die anyway
1: (laughs) they just get to move on i guess
0: okay they just they get to
1: move on and he gets to just keep i don't know it says, like, he's got no trains, just got the tracks or whatever, but he can just appear wherever again.
0: Yeah, he's he's still is a ghost.
1: Yeah, he's a ghost, but he's not bound to any one location or time.
0: It's just so, I don't know, it could have been so much more. It could have been more emotional. Don't tell me that the dad died and then do nothing with it. Like, oh, he just likes trains because his dad died, like. Make the story yeah, about that's saving. That's pretty his dad. much it. That would have been cool.
1: If Frank had been like, Tim liked trains because he thought trains were cool. That would have provided just as much. <laughs>
0: yes. Like we did, still didn't even have to see the parents at all. We didn't see their mom. Like, just don't show the dad too. I don't know. It could have just. It could have been like the best Sam story if, if she told it. If it had that emotional part where Tim has to do everything he can to save his dad from. Dying in a horrible train wreck. Boom. There you go. You got like a, a classic episode written right there. You just have to change a little bit. The conductor being evil didn't make sense to me. Like, he wants to trade places with this kid so the kid dies.
1: I don't know. I don't know what his end game was because even if he did switch places, like, he's still a ghost. He's not going to come back.
0: And also, if you switch places with him, you're still in the train and everybody died, so you're going to die anyway. What's what's the difference?
1: Yeah. You don't just get to be a little kid and be like, Oh, now it's my model train set.
0: (laughs) Like, is this thought process? Oh, if I, if I trade places with this kid, he's going to be the one that has to be stuck in infinity and, you know, ride this train every night for 80 years or whatever. But all those passengers had to do the same thing. So you would just, instead of be a passenger instead of a conductor, like, your plan's stupid.
1: Yeah. Well, he's had a, a lot of years to think of this plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, he just bungled it.
1: <laughs> Dropped the ball in the last decade.
0: <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> so, moral of the story. If an old man walks up at you in the middle of the night, just run away from him.
1: Yeah. He has an insidious plot. Good advice.
0: Plot. What else? Child labor laws? They're a thing. Pay the child for doing all that work or whatever. Like, don't let a kid hang around a dirty, dangerous train station.
1: If you're a little kid and your older brother wants to play video games with you, just play.
0: Oh, yeah. That is the best one, yes. Moral of the story is always play Zebo's Big House.
1: Seriously. We've been teased two episodes now.
0: <sighs> I want to play Zebo's Big House alright Brandon the tale of train magic that name's stupid
1: (laughs) it's stupid but the whole concept of train magic is stupid
0: yeah what is even the magic part about it that ghosts can come back it doesn't make sense
1: (laughs) I guess trains facilitate evil revenge plots (laughs) yeah
0: so there's nothing good that can come of train magic it's all just
1: it's a miracle
0: (laughs) horrible miracle (laughs)
1: one of them evil miracles <laughs> tale of the evil miracle
0: <laughs> oh the tale of the lonely ghost
1: <laughs> ah, that fits so well with any story that involves a ghost
0: I know <laughs> the tale of the conductor's
1: curse Ah, that is a good one That is that's way better
0: do you think this is the only case of train magic, or are there other demon trains?
1: I don't know, man. Trains just got that that voodoo.
0: How about the tale of the crazy train? I like that. <laughs> I do too. Don't tell Ozzy Osbourne.
1: I won't. Moral of the story: Don't tell Ozzy Osbourne.
0: <laughs> right. Um. Do you want to just move on, Brandon?
1: <laughs> sure, because I can't think of anything.
0: It's okay. Train Magic is just so perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Oh, Brandon, we're done with season four.
1: Wow. We're over halfway done with the entire series.
0: We really are. Season five, this is the last season of the original run of the show. After season five, there's like a couple year break, and then they rebooted the show into episodes that I've pretty much never seen. I've seen a a very small amount of them.
1: So it comes back and it's better than ever.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's better than ever. <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll find out eventually because like I said, I'm, I haven't seen them and I'm I'm really excited to get into that. But first we got to get through season 5, which honestly has a couple of my very favorite episodes. So I'm really looking forward to season 5.
1: That's cool. I like good episodes. I do too. I like bad episodes too. (laughs) The show's just all around fun. Except Hungry Hounds.
0: Oh, Hungry Hounds.
1: It is. It's been a ride. When we get done with the show, we should go
0: back and and revisit Hungry Hounds. (laughs) I'm kidding. Let's not do that.
1: Oh, thank God.
0: But next week we are going to revisit all of season four again and rank them and judge them like some sort of... People that get paid to judge stuff, like food critics, except TV shows. So, TV critics, are you prepared to look at everything we've just looked at again?
1: Yes, I'm prepared to retread the same ground.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Uh, in typical season wrap-up fashion, of course, we'll have some qu- some questions to answer, some stuff to judge. It'll be a good time. Are you ready for the season four wrap-up? Yes. Me too. I'm actually really looking forward to having a a week off of notes because the notes take up so much time. (laughs) Really looking forward to that. It's the best part. (laughs) Taking notes? I hate taking notes. But I'll talk to you next week, Brandon. We'll do the wrap up. It's going to be a good time. Well, I'm probably going to go back to sleep, Brandon. That sounds like a great idea. I love sleep. It's the best. I'll talk to you later, Brandon.
1: Yeah, I'll talk to you. Got to go buy some model trains.
0: Oh, yeah. Tell me all about it next week. (laughs) Bye, everybody. See ya.
1: Video thingamajigs.